Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Jerry Petito Show on Remember Then Radio. Guys, I got a really cool guest, but you know what? I've got a cool guest co-host as well. Hi, this is Ken Pojack from the 60s Jukebox Review. You're listening to the Jerry Petito Show, my fellow co-host on Remember Then Radio. How about that? Kenny Kojak's my guest co-host. How are you, babe? It's the Jerry Patino Show! <laughs> so listen, how are you? Um, we're doing great. <laughs> and we have a special guest here all the way from Las Vegas. Yep. And we are going to have a great time with the music of Neil Diamond right here. It's Rob Garrett. Say hello, Rob. Hello, hello again. <laughs> <How's> everybody? <laughs> hey, everybody Rob. In my, home, in my birth town. How are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. It's great. Weather's absolutely gorgeous here in Las Vegas. I bet. We're having a nice kind of spring day here in New Jersey, you know. <laughs> I heard. I heard. You guys have a pretty nice weather. Um, I want to give a shout out to myself here real quick. Today is March 31st, and I keep track of all my shows from all my networks together combined. I keep a book, and from the first show until, you know, forever, every show is logged, blah, blah, blah. And I am doing my 531st show today on the 31st. Isn't that cool? Okay, listen, when I was writing it, I was like, this is too cool. I got to I gotta talk about that. Anyway, yeah, that's a pretty cool little thing that happened today. Um, so, Kojak, thank you, thank you for this introduction with Rob. Um, My pleasure. I, you know, this is going to be a really great show. You're off the charts, Rob. I just want to say that. I think you're incredible. Oh, thank you, sweetie. That's so nice of me to say. I appreciate that. And I'm, I'm glad I'm... Although we've never met in person, I hope, you know, I'm glad to speak to you, and hopefully, hopefully sooner or later we will meet in person. I would love to be able to hug you, absolutely. Um, you know, before we get started with the interview and all that good stuff, I want to play one of your songs because this is probably a song everyone in the world, you know, has grown up with if they're, you know, my age, your age, whatever, and... Um, Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon, one of the most beautiful songs ever. And this is your version of it, you singing it. So everyone, here we go. Girl, you'll be a woman soon. Love you so much, can't count all the ways that I'd be girl and all they can say is not your kind. I never get tired of putting me down. I never know when I come around what I'm gonna find. Don't let them make up your mind. Don't you know? Be 
song meant to you and actually you know what tell everyone what it means to you to be a neil diamond tribute artist you want to know what really you'll be a woman soon means to me yes and being a tribute artist i mean it's it's one of my favorite songs uh i mean a lot of people even i think it's kind of like a straight kind of a strange song because um obviously it sounds like you're singing to a an an underage girl but um that was when I mean it was '67. That was a huge, huge hit for him. And then, of course, um, in uh, Pulp Fiction, right? Urge Overkill uh, redid it, and it became popular again. And they and they pretty much copied. If you listen, I mean, they made it a little bit harder, but they pretty much copied his original arrangement. Oh yeah, um, on the on the Bang on the Bang Lab label number ten, it was even covered by. Uh, Cliff Richard back in 1968. It was very good. Ken's doing his homework. He does. It sure was. It sure was. Um, Because that's one of your faves, and that's also, of course, one of mine and probably everyone in the world. There aren't aren't too many of his hits that aren't one of my faves. I would put Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon, you know, going more towards 10 to 12. You know, and my and my it's one of my favorite songs. Okay, but it, it is. It, I mean, it's it's hard to pick a Neil a favorite Neil Diamond song. Obviously, I've got them, but uh, it brilliantly moments and it didn't make the top five with me. But it okay. it, it definitely somewhere towards ten. Well, well, you're talking about 37 top 40 hits. I know. 18 of them were top 10 hits, and yeah. 34 studio albums. That means that's huge. Huge is right. Nobody does that anymore. Yeah, nobody does that anymore. 
you know, who can say they had 37 top 40 songs? Amazing. Oh. That's amazing. Elvis could have, he was live. <laughs> but uh, but he, he, he can't say much these days. So. No, I actually, speaking of Elvis, you know, I'm a huge Elvis fan. And I actually, for my birthday, my gift to myself was a virtual tour of Graceland. And I did it this morning. It ended up being close to three hours. I've been there several times and I was there five years ago, but this tour, if ever anyone's interested in, it was only a hundred dollars and you get to see things you don't see on the tours. So it was really amazing. Speaking of I, Elvis. I, I, think yes. I'm due, I think, I think I'm due for a trip. It's been a while. And I, and I think me and you have discussed that. Yes. Uh, I mean, like, I think we we're competing to see who's a bigger Elvis fan. But yes. I can say at some point, I can say I saw him 23 times. You can't. That's right. And I'm very jealous. So if I hug you, could it be sort of like hugging Elvis? Yeah, I don't know. About <laughs> <laughs> but actually, these days, I probably would feel a lot better. Oh. <laughs> so. So. And I, smell better. I want to play another song, and then we're going to really get into talking. Because I want to say this is definitely my favorite Neil Diamond song. I am, I said, this is my number one. That's mine too, by the way. Okay, it's my number one. Here we go, guys. Here we go. Fine, the sun shines most of the time And the feeling is laid back Palm trees grow and rents are low But you know, I keep thinking about Making my way back Well, I'm New York City born and raised Nowadays I'm lost between two shores Hell is fine, but it ain't home New York's home, but it ain't mine no more I am myself To no one there No one heard Not even the chair I am my cry I am said I Then I am lost And I can't even say why Leaving me lonely still Did you ever read about a frog who dreamed of being a king And who became one Except for the names And a few of the changes If you talk about me Stars the same one 
Well, I've got an emptiness deep inside And I've tried, but it won't let me go I'm not a man who likes to swear But I never cared for the sound of being alone I am, I said And no one heard at all, not even the chair I am, I cried I am, said I And I am lost and I can't even say Leaving me lonely still Killers find the sunshines most of the time About a frog who dreamed of being a king Oh no I hear there's a lot of history behind this song. Why don't you tell us about it? There's a a lot of history with Neil in that song. There's a lot of history with me in that song. So obviously, I mean, Neil's Neil's history is well known. That that he um, and and Ken will verify what I'm saying. It's true. Back back in 1970, he auditioned. uh, You know, he wasn't an actor, but he auditioned for Lenny Bruce. Story, Bunny Bruce movie, the one that Dustin Hoffman ultimately got, and he was obviously Neil did not get the part, and he was very—he's a sensitive guy. He's always—you can tell by his music. So he—he um, he was very down on himself. I mean, he didn't make the audition. It was the first time he had got to audition for a big movie, and he was just depressed about it. And he went back, uh, and he felt alone. You know, like, and so many of us feel from time to time. And he started writing the lyrics to I Am I, Am I Said. Now, I'd love to tell you that he wrote that and whipped it out in an hour, but it actually, he started writing it and it took him months to change things. He, it took him months to wrote it. And he talks, he still to this day talks about it as, you know, that's his masterpiece. If, if anyone's song, I mean, it's arguable, but to Neil Diamond, that's his masterpiece. And, um, it just took him months to write, and to this day, he calls it his most personal biographical song. <clears throat> as far as I go, it's my favorite song, just like yours, Gary. You know, my favorite song. I want to say something about what you said about him saying it's his masterpiece. And 
I believe it is, and I'm going to tell you why. Because most people. Oh, you yes, because oh. most people can relate to that song. I know I can, you know, and that's I, what I think made it so incredible. I, you're absolutely right, and here's the genius of Neil Diamond. In, in, in a nutshell, here's the genius of Neil Diamond, and, and Neil Diamond has written songs. This is why everybody loves his music. Um, Neil Diamond has written songs that all of us can at least one or two songs that we feel he's writing about us, yeah. uh, that we listen to and you go, Oh, he's talking about me. Yeah. And, 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 and we can name several songs like that. But I am, I said, and obviously in your case, in my case, I'm sure a million other people listen to it. They go, Oh, he's talking about me. You know, it sounds like he's talking about me. And his genius is that he was able to take feelings that we all have, you know, like personal feelings, and put them to paper and put them to music. And that's the genius of Neil Diamond. Beautifully said, man. Very beautifully said. What do you think, Kojak? Yeah, well, listen, this was going back to March 15th to 71, came out on the charts on the uni label. And in May 71, it uh, was on, it charted number four, both in a billboard here in the United States, as well as the UK charts and uh, he quoted it was a consciously an, a, an attempt on his part to express what dreams were about and uh, so this is from right from coming out of uh, sessions with an analyst um, but uh, you, you talk about Neil Diamond the singer but he wrote every one of his songs so that that's that's huge that is huge. Least every one of his hits yes that is huge yeah and the connection with me, with I am, I said, Amaya hits home so much with me. I mean, I, I obviously told you part of that story as far as, you know, I was able to relate to it, even as a little kid. Yeah. You know, I listened to it, I, I listened to it as a little kid and a uh, preteen, and I thought it was, all right, that's, he's writing, he's writing about me. He's writing about me. Of course he wasn't. He's writing about him. But, uh, but you know, it, it talks about, a young, you know, young man that lives that from back east because he's, uh, you know, he, he says um, New York's home. New York's home. It's not. It's not mine anymore. And both of us were born in Brooklyn, just coincidentally. You know, and both of us at a young age moved to the West Coast, and that's where we became. You know, well, um, well obviously he became a lot bigger than I did, but um, that's that's where everything set in for us. So uh, there's a lot, there's a lot of reasons I'm able to relate to that song and. And um, it's a very emotional song for me. I could just imagine what it was for him. What's amazing fact is that both Barbara Streisand and Neil Diamond went to the same high school in Brooklyn. I'm talking about Erasmus Hall High School. They were in the choir together, and they never knew each other. And they look what not, they became. They did, yeah. Oh, wow. They did, know, they did not know each other. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't until years later they were talking Right, you know, and they found out they were in the same choir, and you know, <laughs> talked about the teacher who supposedly Barbara had a crush on, the choir teacher, and and that that was discussed many many years later during obviously during the um, you don't bring me flowers time, uh-huh. and, right? And, and now here's the thing, you're right. Neil went to Erasmus with with Barbara, but he didn't graduate from no. there. He no, he changed over the link. He changed over to Lincoln, and then and then his 
And then his buddy there, who he did know and became friends with, was a guy named Neil Sadaka. Sure. That's right. Wow, that's so. really a cool story. Wow, okay. And they're all, they all remain friends. And, and yeah. Neil and Barbara are friends to this day. And um, Neil Sadaka and Neil Diamond became very, very close friends. Yeah, and Neil Diamond just turned uh, 80 January 24th. Sure did. Wow. Yeah, we did, I, did, I did a special, uh, even during the pandemic, I, I did an 80th birthday show, tribute show for him. Uh, great. It's amazing. And he, you know, he's reti- we know he's retired. We know, he, we know he has Parkinson's. We know the live performing days are over, so we can, all, we can only hope that he's okay and he's safe and that right. maybe, you know, maybe he'll give us a... He did, he did release another album during the holiday time. Hopefully he's got at least one more one more in him, original one. Yeah, with that Royal Philharmonic Orchestra, right? Yeah, and he read, he, you know, it was songs, it was a bunch of his classic songs, but he read, he redid the arrangements and, and the vocals. So it wasn't like, wasn't like they took his old songs and just added the orchestra. Um, like, you know, like they did with Elvis, uh, but, but, um, Obviously, Elvis can't record these days, but but um, but Neil can, and Neil we recorded all the vocals. Yeah, and yeah. changed the arrangements, which some of them I wasn't too wasn't too crazy about. So that's really cool. So let's give a shout out to a few people here. First and foremost, of co- of course, Stevie and Angel, owners of RTR. Stevie's in the chat room. He's recovering. I'm so happy to see you in here, and I'm so glad you're starting to feel a little better. So a hello to you, Stevie. We all love you, and we've all been praying for you. Um, RTR, Remember Them Radio, this platform, I say it every show because I mean it. Without this platform, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing with all this incredible music because this is the music. Okay, so we're keeping the music alive here and these interviews are off the charts and I I can't thank my guests enough and Kojak. I mean, our RTR DJs, they're incredible here, okay? And Stevie D's in the chat room, okay? One of the greatest acapella st- singers, okay? And, you know, he has a show on here and Babalu, gotta give him a shout out because he's always the first one in there. I say it at every show, front and center, Babalu. That's right, baby. That's right. Diane Carroll, hello, and Mikey, the Baron of Bayside, Elliot, and of course, Carl Bear. So I want to say thank you to everyone listening out there. And again, Stevie, I'm so happy you're starting to feel a little bit better. And these are my friends, and uh, one's in Florida, Carl Bear, and then Elliot is up in Yonkers, New York. All right, baby. So we have... In Yonkers, there's no R there. You know, Yonkers. <laughs> Yonkers. That's right. Come on. I didn't even know there was an R in it. I'm a New Yorker. All right. I know. We are being heard all over the world, guys. My friends in Australia are listening. Of course, ah. Ireland is listening. Okay, Ellie, she's listening. And of course, we know Hong Kong is listening. Okay. And Nigeria is listening. And one more, one more, I just want to interrupt a second because he's not here, but he's listening. And that's Marty Toma in Massapequa Park. There you go. <laughs> I know Massapequa Park. Yeah, I know. There you yeah. go. Hi, Marty. Hello, Marty. Hello, Marty. Um, and of course, Aunt Nancy is listening. A shout out to oh. Aunt Nancy. 
All right, so I'm going to give Kojak a little surprise here. We're going to play his favorite song, Brooklyn Roads. Here we go. If I close my eyes, I can almost hear my mother calling Neil, go find your brother. Daddy's home and it's time for supper. Hurry on. And I see two boys racing up two flights of staircase, scrubbing into Papa's embrace. And his whiskers warm on their face. Where's it gone? Oh, where's it gone? Above the butcher, first door on the right. And I filled to the brim as I stood by my window and looked out on those Brooklyn roads. I can still recall the smell of cooking in the hallways. Was drying in the doorways And the poor cuts I was always afraid to show Mom would come to school Sister sit there softly crying Teacher would say he's just not trying Got a good head if he'd apply it But you know yourself it's always somewhere else I built me a castle With dragons and kings And I'd ride off with them As I stood by my window And looked out on those Brooklyn That love erases But as my mind walks through those places I'm wondering What's come of them Does some of the young boy Come home to my room Does he dream what I did As he stands by my window And looks out on those Brooklyn Roads Brooklyn Roads Absolutely incredible. Do you want to talk a little bit about this song? Because there's so much meaning behind this one as well. Yeah, Brooklyn Roads was... Um, uh, a song that 
I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, Ken, but it preceded I Am, I said, right? Or right. That's okay. right. It did precede it. So it was like, it was like a prelude to, prelude, uh, inadvertently, I, I think it was a prelude to I Am, I said. And of course, he talks about his life growing up in Brooklyn. And, and, and when I do it in my show, I always did them both together. But when I talk about it, I'm, a, I'm able to talk, of, even though I didn't write it, and I'm, I'm, I'm able to talk about it from my own perspective because obviously uh, both of my parents and uh, were Brooklynites, and I was born, uh, well, I was technically born in Manhattan. That's only because of where the hospital was. But uh, they were, we were living in Brooklyn when I was born. And um, I dedicated to my, obviously I talked about Neil's writing it and what it means, but I also dedicated to uh, to both of my parents who are no longer with us. It, you know, it, it, it's a very heartfelt, tells a story about growing up in Brooklyn and again, about a kid that's alone and um, staring out his window, um, has moved away and thinks about what it was like growing up in Brooklyn. So beautiful. I mean, I grew up in Long Island City, New York, had family in Brooklyn in a story, you know, New York is my place, you know. So um, I've listened to to all these songs over the years, but I never really f- listened to the words of this song. You know, you sing things and you don't really focus. Kojak made me really listen today and made me cry today. Shame on you, Kojak. Uh, well, you have to listen to, to, listen to, that, to that great song. It's it amazing. Only, it only charted... Uh, 58 on in the Billboard charts, uh, but uh, it, it was the uh, first single on MCA Records right before Red Red Wine, and you must see, go into YouTube for two things. You must go into YouTube, okay, and see Rob Garrett's show. You'll see a lot of great stuff of Rob Garrett's yeah. performance in Las Vegas, but you also put in the 2008 Hot August Night, and you'll see practically the whole show from Madison Square Garden and you'll you'll see how he does that song Brooklyn Roads as he's sitting on a chair on stage. I, and I, at the, yeah, I can tell you right. exactly that because I started copying what he did. And I mean the, the, the last three the last few concerts he was Ken saying he started adding video uh right. video to the to the song, you know, of his family and of Brooklyn and, and right. And, and when, when, the, when the song's over, everybody's crying. Right. Everybody's yeah, crying. wow. <laughs> Including me. And I said, and, and, and I said I'm going to do that too. And, I, and when I would go to some of the bigger venues, I had to video of Brooklyn. Because like I said, you know, I, I didn't live there long. I, we moved to Queens, but, uh, I was, uh, but that, when I was born, that's where my family was living. Yeah, I urge all the Neil Diamond lovers to just go to YouTube when you can. And just put in Hot August Night 2008, and you'll see a great performance. No, no doubt, no doubt about it. Amazing. So your buddy is in the chat room, Marty T. Yeah, Marty T. Massapequa Park. <laughs> Hi, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> so now what we're gonna do is play a song. Of course, everyone knows Cracklin' Rosie. Let's do it. Oh yeah. You get on board We're gonna ride till there ain't no more to go Taking it slow Lord, don't you know I'll have your time with the poor man lady Hitching on the twilight train 
Ain't nothing here that I care to take along Maybe a song I sing what I want No need to say please to no man for a happy tune Oh, I love my was a child You got the way to make me happy Who's this rosy chick? <laughs> well, the, the truth is, uh, I, I, I hate to break your heart, but there is no rosy chick. <laughs> you know, he's written so many songs about you know with, with women with names of, of females, but this is, but this was not one of them. And a lot of people think it's written about a, a girl named Rose or Rosie, but it's not. And the truth is, and this is a story he's told a million times during. Uh, for some for some unknown reason, I never I never got the death of this. He went and uh, visited uh, a Native American tribe, and then he uh, found out that on the weekends there weren't enough women to go around to the men. So the men grabbed <laughs> a bottle of cheap crackling rosé, and that and that cheap bottle of crackling rosé became their quote woman for the weekend. <laughs> And, that, and that's what inspired him to write the song. That's crazy. What else can you tell us about this song? Well, I can, if, I, if I can just uh, drop in here and tell yep. everybody that super hit one, hit one, hit one. <laughs> it, was, it was it was actually uh, <laughs> the Wrecking Crew musicians backed up uh, Cracklin' uh, Rosie, and it uh, you talk about a drama. Hal Blaine, Blaine, Hal Blaine, Hal Blaine on drums, and it was uh, actually the it was the number seventeen song of the whole year of nineteen seventy, um, and you in the UK it was number three, but uh, you know it's Tom Catalano pr- produced it, 
And uh, this is this is a song that everybody remembers, of course. It was Neil Diamond's first number one song. That's what, yep. that, that's what Ken was trying to see. Yeah. Well, I love the song. I mean, come on, but I always thought it was a woman, not a bottle of wine. Uh, <laughs> most, people, most people thought the same thing as you, Jerry. So I yeah. want to talk to you. I want to ask you a question about your Elvis fixation and what made you not want to be an ETA, an Elvis tribute artist? No, that's a good question. And a, and a question that people know my early history they know the answer to that, and, and, they, and many people have asked that because uh, um, El- Elvis was my obviously my first Elvis and the Beatles my first musical idol, and uh, and I was obsessed with Elvis as a young boy, uh, and um, from 1972 to 19- his last show in Vegas, I got to see him 23 times live, and. Um, Collected everything, grabbed everything, menus from Vegas, and my, my collection is amazing. Um, and I had a band for 15 years in Vegas called Rock and Heaven, and we did, you know, obviously a lot of Elvis, and uh, because, you know, again, he was my, I was the leader of the band, and he was my main guy, and um, and uh, I, I, I got to pick whoever I wanted to sing. And um, but as far as me not becoming ETA. A lot of people, a lot of my friends in Vegas would have sworn, they would have said, uh, like, he's going to become an ETA. I mean, singing Elvis all over the place. Yeah. So, and, and, but what I found, first of all, they, first of all once he died, they, they, start in, they started coming out of the woodwork, as you can imagine. Right. And, 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 my, and Neil Diamond, Neil Diamond kind of took the place, you know, uh, there were no more Beatles, Elvis passed. And Neil Diamond kind of filled that void that I needed. Um, I was always a fan of Neil Diamond. He would have been three, but uh, but he filled the void that Elvis left. You know, in um, fact, even like, I was kidding around with Ken earlier, but but only half kidding. If everyone takes their phone right now, goes, goes to Google, and they and they put in Jewish Elvis. Neil Diamond's Neil Diamond's pictures coming up. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And and if, and if you doubt me, do it. Wow. <laughs> Everyone's going through their phones right now. Yes. Yes. And, hey, Rob, and, um, Rob, tell everybody how long you've been doing this tribute in Las Vegas. I've been doing tributes to Neil for twenty, going on twenty six years. So, so now you've never up. met Neil Diamond, though. We've never met. We've never met. Um. um uh, it's, I'm not. I'm not a guy to push that envelope. I'm, I'm not. I'm not one of those guys that I never was. That if I go through my life and I don't meet Neil Diamond, it's not gonna. You know, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be fine. And and um, he's a very private man, so I've never pushed that envelope trying to meet him. I saw him. I've seen him 17 times. I saw Elvis 23 times. I thought I was gonna pass Elvis, but Neil. But obviously. <clears throat> A few years ago, Neil announced that he wasn't going to perform anymore because he was diagnosed with Parkinson's. But I want to get back to the Elvis thing real quick. And, I'll, and uh, real quick, it's just that when I started doing Neil, everyone was everyone and their brother was doing Elvis. So uh, when I started doing Neil with my band, it started getting more attention because it wasn't as common. Yes. You know, and people were saying, "Oh my God, you sound I mean, great. You do Elvis great, but when you do Neil Diamond, it's like." Dead on. It's dead on. And, and, and they would say, you need to try an audition for 
Wretched is a Concert, which is a big production show in Vegas and around the whole country. And this is, we're going back to 95, 94. And I um, finally, after thinking, going back and forth, and I said, I don't want to be an impersonator, you know. But when I, find, when I found out how, how much the impersonators were making as compared to being a, a band, it was a no-brainer. And plus, my, my, you know, I love Neil Diamond. I, I really, again, I've seen him, you know, I told you, I saw him 17 times. So I made the decision to try the tribute act thing. And, and, and plus, I resemble Neil Diamond a lot more than I resemble Elvis. So, um, you know, being Jewish and from Brooklyn didn't hurt either. And um, yeah. so uh, anyway, that's, that, that's why I went the Neil Diamond route and not the Elvis route. Well, and I want to let everybody know that in 2013, Rob became the first tribute artist ever to receive the Tribute Artist of the Year Excellence in Entertainment Award from the Entertainment Consumers Exchange. And on October 24th, he was honored by the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation in Southern Nevada chapter as, as the Nevada's finest for his contributions in the entertainment field. Beautiful. Congratulations. Yeah, I've, Beautiful. I've been living out here for, I've been living in Vegas for 47 years. Beautiful. So that, that was very special for me. Um, you yeah. know, being an Elvis fan, I, you know, I was only 16 when he died. I still have the ticket to the concert in 77 that I never made. Um, it's framed in my Elvis poker room, actually. I even had an Elvis poker table made. So growing up, when when all these ETAs started coming out when I was younger, I was not happy. And was I. Okay, and I was like, you guys are not Elvis. Stop it, you know. But as I got older, you know, and then got into the more entertainment field and all that. You lighten up a little bit. You lighten up a little bit, right? Um, I lightened up a lot. <laughs> okay, but I'm going to, no, but, I, but I'm going to tell you something I haven't lightened up with and what happened recently in Florida. I was in Florida two years ago with friends in the entertainment business who put shows on and we were actually at a friend's show at the Villages. So the friends I was with didn't put this one on, but we were at their friends who put it on. And it was a, a female singer. I'm not going to mention names. And she had a, an El, a fat Elvis. A fat Elvis. And he oh was boy. huge. I don't mean just overweight. No, no, no. He was making fun of Elvis. He had the slit down his butt. I'm not kidding you. Okay. So making, you're, saying, you're saying he was doing it. He was intentionally. Intentionally. Yeah, I don't care if you're an overweight Elvis. That's not what I'm talking about. He was. He stuffed his pants. Oh, no, no, no. He was making fun of Elvis. So he comes out and does this whole thing and pretends his pants are splitting when he's trying to go down and the whole bit, right? Okay. So the show's over. So my friends and my friends were whacking my knee like shush, shush, you know? So we go up to the female. My friends are friends with her to say hello. And she's like leaning on the stage talking to them. And I see him nine, ten feet away from me, sitting on the stage talking to a few people. And I said, excuse me, I'll be right back. And my friends looked at me like, you're kidding. And I said, I'll be right back. And honest to God, true story, I went over to him and I said, excuse me, but you're in the villages and the majority of people here love Elvis. What you did was terrible. Shame on you. And he said, oh, everyone has an opinion. I said, yeah, you're right. Everyone does. And my opinion is, shame on you. You should really rethink what you just did. And I walked away. And I had to, but I had to. I, I'm going to say, 
first of all, it's it's very. There was a time you're, you're going to relate to this, Jerry, that I I hated them all. All right. Okay. I mean, yeah. But 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 I and they would say like you know Rob you you know and and there was a time I was doing reviews and I creamed lots of Elvises. All right. You know I, the Elvises weren't my fr- the ETAs were not my friends most of them and they go you know why are you so hard I go listen if you saw him. 23 times, you would be as hard as I, on you, as I am. You know, and, and I, I go, and now over the years, you know, I start throwing them curves and, yep. you know, and, 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 and you realize, you realize no one's going to ever be Elvis. Even the best one is not right. going to even come close to Elvis. Right. So, and, and you have to, re, you have to realize, they say, you know, Rob, come on, give them a break. They're not Elvis. Someone's going to be Elvis. And they're right. So, so I, I have lightened up a little bit. I still think there's only a handful I would consider good, you know, and, um, well, whoever, the bottom line is whoever the greatest Elvis is, yeah, Elvis would be a 11 and the, the next best one would be like an eight. So, right. and, and that's good. That's, if they're an eight, that's good in my book, in my book. Well, there are, but, there are a lot of friends of mine that are ETAs that are very respectful and they'll say, I'm not trying to be Elvis. I'm just keeping his music alive and they're beautiful at what they do. I am, right, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna contradict you. Okay. Okay. They, they will say, they will say that. Now here's my question. Okay. Right? I've heard a ton of I'm not trying to be Elvis. I'm just doing a tribute to. Him. If you're not trying to be Elvis, why are you wearing a jumpsuit with a fake with a wig and and glass? If you're trying just to do a tribute to him. Why are you wearing a jumpsuit and dressing up on him? Well, Who are you trying to be? No, a lot of my friends that say that don't do that. Okay. Yes. I would respect, I would respect that more. Yes. But, I, but I, I've heard a lot of them say that that are wearing a jumpsuit. Well, there's a young man. I interviewed him, and I'm going to be interviewing him again. You check him out. The kid is 16 years old. His name is Landon James. Fell madly. He was a Beatles fan. He fell in love with Elvis. And he really loves him. And he's only 16. And he sounds beautiful. So check him out. He's not trying to be disrespectful at all. The kid is such a good kid and loves, loves Elvis at 16 and got his parents to be fans. Really cool. He got his parents to be fans? Yes. No, no, no. His his parents never didn't like Elvis, but they they were more into the, like, rock and roll. Genesis, you know, because he's only 16. And uh, he got them to really love. Yes, it is. And he got them to really love Elvis. And his father, it helps him now with his shows. Yes. Isn't that a great story? It is, because it's usually the parents. Yes. Like I did did with my own child. I turned your your son or daughter onto Elvis. That's right. That's the way it usually works. That's right. Yeah, I'd, be, I'd, be happy to, I'd be happy to listen to him. Yes, Landon James. There's a question in the chat room from Elliot from Yonkers. Is, uh, uh, Rob, Elliot's asking, have you ever been to Atlantic City doing the, the Legends in Concert at the Sands? I, I've actually been, to, I, okay, I've been to Legends in Concert, I'm sorry, I've been to Atlantic City, but not with Legends. I've been to Atlantic City doing my own show. I was doing Neil Diamond, just doing a Neil Diamond show. We're going back a number of years, but I've been there several times. Okay. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay. There's your answer, Elliot. Beautiful. From, Yon- from Yonkers. I'm going to play a surprise song, actually, for you, Rob, okay? 
Since we've been talking about Elvis so much, let's give him a shout out. Here we go. Forever drop the rain falls. Oh, flower grows. I believe that somewhere in the darkest night, a candle glows. I believe for everyone who goes astray, someone will songs Elvis sang and Kojak you want to talk about Larry Chance sure go ahead yeah Kojak yes Larry Chance yep she's asking if you want to talk about oh are we on the air now yes yeah yeah okay okay didn't have the 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 sound on but anyway yes you're going back to the 60s Larry always dedicated the songs usually his last song that he sings in concert and he dedicates it to his close friend, Larry Palumbo, who's no longer with us because uh, he was in, uh, in the army there in, uh, in, in uh, jump, you know, parachute guy and not here anymore. But uh, Larry always does that song last. And uh, we're talking about a, a very emotional song from the 60s. And yes. nobody does it better than Larry Chance. I'll say maybe one guy. Yeah, one guy. Maybe one guy. It's, it's very close. No, very close. Even though it's even though it's more of a spiritual than it is gospel, no nobody can sing spiritual and gospel like Elvis could. You know, right, right. amazing, but amazing. Um, love Larry, beautiful. Um, all right, so now let's play "Hello Again." Here we go, guys. Hello. Hello.
Hello again, hello I just called to say hello I couldn't sleep at all tonight And I know it's late But I couldn't wait Hello my friend, hello Call to let you know I think about you Every night When I'm here alone And you're there at home know that song hello again kojak give us a little bit of your info on this song i know you have some well of course it's from the jazz singer back in 81 it was number six charted hit it was uh covered again later uh by donny osmond okay it was in the movie saving silverman That's and right. it was written by neil diamond and alan lindgren and it was produced by uh four seasons bob Gordio on the Capitol 
label. You that know, is right. That big, is right. big stuff. Number three, adult contemporary song as well. So everybody knows, seen the jazz singer, can appreciate uh, those facts about it. Hello again. Yeah, they call so they. It's referred to as the love theme of the, of the jazz singer. For those of you who saw the movie, yeah. um, even though out of the three hit, the three hits. There were three hits that came out of the jazz singer. Um, obviously, Love on the Rocks. Mm-hmm. You would think America would would be the biggest one, but Love on the Rocks was the biggest one. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I mean, I love this. I love the song. I mean, I think again, you know, who doesn't know that song? Hello again. The whole world knows it. You know what I mean? And that's uh, yeah. that's what's beautiful about Neil Diamond and his songs. I mean, everyone, again, I'm going to say this again because I mean it, everyone can relate to all his songs. There's not a song he sang that people don't know. And I just think not, it's amazing. There's not a song that, that, that he wrote that at least somebody can, cannot relate right. to. Right, right. Again, that's it. that was the genius of Neil Diamond. That's why he's called the king of the hooks because that's why when you, you, you go... If you, if you go to a bar and people are singing it or you go to a con- wherever and you walk out, the song stays, it's going to be the Neil Diamond song that stays in your mind to the next day. And you're going to want to like, get out of my head, get out of my head. But, it, but, but that's because he wrote, he knew how to write a song that just stuck with you and you're, you're humming it, you're singing it for a day or two after you hear it. So it's that great decision that he left NYU Medical School to become a singer rather than a doctor. Yeah, I'm sure his parents at the time didn't think it was a great decision. But you're right. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 turned, it turned out to be a great decision. My son, the Jewish doctor, or my it's son, great. the Jewish singer. That's you great. Know, I, I love it. When I hear those kind of stories, I, I love it. Little, I got a quick little anecdote. Tell there. us. A little quote from my, my mother. You know, again, another, just like Neil's mother, Jewish Brooklynite. And I remember later on, you know, as I started as the Neil Diamond career started kicking in for me, um, big time, which was, believe it or not, big time is like the last 15 years. And um, I remember going up to her, you know, before, obviously before she passed out, but I said, she came to one of my shows, I said, well, mom, you know, uh, know, again, I'm talking to a Jewish mom, so you have to understand what I'm saying. (laughs) I, I said, mom, you know, I didn't become a doctor. I didn't become an accountant or a lawyer, but hey, Look, Mom, I'm Neil Diamond. And she said, that, that's right up there. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that's, 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 that's almost as good. Oh, uh, my gosh, I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. But, but Kojak, your mom was happy with what you've done, right? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely happy. Definitely. Oh. Unfortunately, she didn't, uh, you know, she, she smoked a lot. And me being a respiratory therapist by trade, you know, it was, a, it was a sad thing to see her leave at the early age of 77 um, from all that smoking and that damage that did to her years before. But that was uh, that was the thing to do back then. You know, that was the hip thing to do. You know, right. you're with your friends. You you, you got the uh, Kent cigarettes and you're smoking away. Yeah. My mom did the same thing, Kent. My, yeah. my, mom, my, my mom was a chain smoker. Yeah. And she, she actually left it short of her 75th birthday. And not, no, but not, I mean, not from emphysema or lung disease or no, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure whatever she, I mean, congestive heart failure, I'm sure 
Yeah. My mom too at sixty nine and, and, and all the same, her heart. But yes, all the same, you're right. And they even, and they did it in the house. They smoked in the house with the kids on their laps. Right. Yeah, and I was living and I was living there and my father, brother and mother all smoked and I didn't Well, there's a fact I always remembered. It's probably higher now, but I'm not really sure that fifty two thousand people die every year from secondhand smoke. Yeah, wow. I know, that's, that's scary, right? Wow. It is, it certainly is. So, so on that scary, note, go wait, go ahead, I'm sorry, you go. I think it scares me who, who grew up, you know, my whole childhood and early adult life was around, you know, including my grandmother too. They all smoked in the house. They all smoked in the house. A cousin, I mean, a cousin of mine found some old photos and sent me one recently. And we're in my apartment. I might have been five, maybe. And my brother's sitting there at six and a half. And my dad's sitting there. And I'm on my grandfather's lap. And both my dad and my grandfather have a cigarette in their hands in this photo. So we're sitting there like on their laps. <laughs> yes. And, and Ken, as you probably know, for many, many years, Neil Diamond was a chain smoker. Right. Yeah, he smoked like crazy. I mean, he doesn't anymore, but for many, many years, he was a big-time smoker. Yeah. Oh, wow. Sure. Yeah. All right. So I would love to play Solitary Man. And oh, then, then the we're going to talk one, about the first, it. The first one. Okay, and then we're going to talk about it. Here we go, guys. Okay. Yes. To the time that I found her Holding Jim Loving me Then Sue came along Loved me strong That's what I thought Me and Sue That died too
Another great song. You did a great job on that one as well. You want to talk a little bit about it? Solitary. I mean, Solitary. Believe it or not, Solitary Man is a lot of people's favorite Neil Diamond song. And uh, I have a lot, mostly musicians, by the way. Mostly, it's usually musicians that come up to me and say, Solitary Man is my favorite song. And, and Solitary Man was his first uh, release as a solo. It's the first, let's put it this way. It's the first release that actually got onto the charts um, because we know he wrote something with me. But oh. the, the first solo release that did, that made a dent in the charts for him was really the song after that that put him on the map and got onto the top ten, which, mm. was, which, which was Cherry Cherry. Now, Ken, you, you can tell the story about our solitary man. Well, what happened was it was his first song originally done back in January of 66. It only scored a 55 on the chart. Right. It was re-released back in August 15th of 1970, and uh, it scored a 21. It was uh, written by Neil and also with uh, the help of, of uh, Jeff Barry and Ellie Greenwich. It was covered by Billy Joe Royal, B.J. Thomas, Johnny Rippers, and even Jay and the Americans. Ooh. So, I mean, uh, definitely a huge hit. It brings back memories of growing up in Brooklyn when I hear that song. That, that's, that's for sure. You know, you hear certain songs, and it will bring you back, at least with me and a lot of people, into music. But it'll, it'll bring you back to the exact time when you first heard that song, whether it be a good or a bad memory. Hopefully it'll be a good memory. And, uh... That's what music does to me. It just brings me right back to Brooklyn, New York, baby. That's right. That's right. I'm sure Cousin Brucey played, wore that one out. Right. And, uh, but the history of that, I mean, actually, you mentioned Jane the Americans. Uh, even before Solitary Man in 1965, he wrote Sunday and Me for Jane the Americans. That became that became a hit for them. And and so that kind of that kind of gave him a boost, and then. Um, Ellie Greenwich and um, who, who was it? Was Ellie Jeff, 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 Barry. Jeff Barry, Jeff Barry. They actually backed Neil, you know, and, uh, and they were, they said like, we want to back you, we want to produce you, and you should you should you should not be writing for other people. You should be singing your own stuff. And and they they produced him, and he came out with Solitary Man, uh, which if you listen to 1966, Solitary Man is way different than anything else in 1966. Everything about it, the guitar intro, it's, it, it, it's such a unique sounding song. And um, it, it was a great song. And, you know, it, 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 led, it led the way for things to come. And, of course, Cherry Cherry came right after that and put him in the top ten. And, that, and then he never looked back. He never looked back. That's right. Yeah. Wow, I love I love hearing uh, all you this. I mentioned that it was just the title track of Johnny Cash's last album. It was the title of Johnny Cash's last. Gotcha, 
Gotcha. I mean, all this stuff that you're talking about is so interesting and cool for me, especially. And everyone in the chat room is saying what a great interview. I mean, we're hearing things, especially me, you know, that I've never heard. I mean, I I just turned 60 and I say that for a reason. You know, I'm not old. I'm not that young. Um, I was born too late. I love, 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 you know, all this music, doo-wop Elvis. And when I hear stories about these incredible artists, it really makes me feel good. So thank you for this great interview today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. You know, we have a couple more songs we're going to play, but would you like to tell everyone, like, you know, how to get in touch with you if they want to hire you or what's happening with you? Anything you want to say? I'm pretty easy to get in touch with. Now I'm, I'm, I'm all over the internet. Just put in, pop in Rob Garrett. I'm the first name that's going to, I'm the first Rob Garrett that's going to come up. Um, I, I lived in Vegas for 47 years. I've been performing in Vegas for 40 of them. Um, uh, also, I, I would even say my website is uh, Neil Diamond, neildiamondtribute.net. Not .com, but neildiamondtribute.net. Um but usually these days, the easiest way to reach me and is obviously on Facebook. Okay. You can purchase, uh, you can purchase uh, CDs from you uh, on your website as well? I have, uh, yeah, I have CDs, photos, and usually, usually I sell them at my shows. Um, CDs, photos, and T-shirts. And one of the biggest thrills of my life, by the way, to both of you, is that... Uh, um, Within the last, well, the last time was 2018. Now, I got to play at Westbury twice. Wow! Yeah, I sure did. Wow, I didn't know you then. And and for someone that was raised as a little kid, seeing all the getting the Long Island press and seeing the uh, the ads for Westbury, and never ever getting to go there, you know, because that was young. So never getting to go there to actually play in that place twice. What a venue! Was a was a big deal for me, big big deal for me. Oh, the acoustics, the the, the sound the system there is unbelievable. In the round, yeah. Oh yeah. You know, That's I think great. I think Elliot is my new favorite now. Okay, he says I, in the chat room. He says in the chat room, Jerry, you're sixty. You have so much energy. I thought you were in your twenties. You are my new favorite, Elliot. <laughs> Yankees, New York. Yankees, New York. That's great. Yankees. Yankees. So, you know what? I would like to read a poem out of my book because that song, Solitary Man, you know, with what's happening now, guys, you know, this past year has been really hard on everyone, especially, you know, believe it or not, most of the entertainers, especially because when you have that in your blood and you can no longer do it and you're confined, I mean, it's been hard on everyone. Absolutely. And we know who the essential workers are and I give them all shout outs, of course. Um, and we all know who they are, but you know who I add to that list? Sanitation workers right there, right up there with all of them. Imagine if we didn't have them right now. And of course our incredible DJs and I'm I don't consider myself a DJ guys I'm a talk show host so I'm talking about DJs like Kojak you know Stevie D people who you know Stevie and Angel people who play the music okay so a shout out to all of you because you have really helped so many people through this past year being able to listen to your music and you've helped so many people and to the entertainers um 
I am the author of I'm not an addict. I'm just an ass. I'd rather be a smart ass than a dumb ass because guys, 30 years ago, I was a dumb ass. This July will mark my 30th year of being a smart ass. That's right. I give all the credit to God, but I wrote a poem and I would love to read it because it's called put down the gun because so many people today need to hear this. Unfortunately, I've had some friends that tried to commit suicide who succeeded and a couple who have tried and who did not succeed, thank God. So if there's anyone out there struggling, I don't care what it is with, guys. I'm a, I'm a recovery coach. I'm a nutritional health coach. If you get in touch with me and tell me you heard me on the radio, there will be no charge to you, no fee at all. So I want you to know you're not alone, and I'd like to read this short poem. It's called Put Down the Gun. I had to have this purple gun just in case my life was done. I kept it safe locked in my room because I was filled with gloom and doom. Yes, there were times that I just knew if I loaded it up what I could do. But I kept on hearing that gentle voice, put down that gun, you have that choice. Life may seem hard at the end of the day, that's when you need to really pray. Dear Father, I beg you to show me the truth. How can life be so bad when I'm only a youth? Get rid of that gun and go take a shower. Ask someone for help. You do have that power. So I hope this can encourage someone out there feeling lonely right now or hurting that you have the power to make a phone call, reach out to someone, please. So having said that, thank you. I was inclined. I just had to. Um, Now we're going to play. Let's play a song with Man who can walk upright, and that lame man he go. 
Song of song, sing it out. Yeah, sing it strong. Yeah, oh yeah. Call the sun in the tail of the night, and the sun's gonna rise in the sky. Touch a man who can walk upright And then lay man, he gonna fly Lord, I'll fly guys what an amazing amazing version of that song beautiful talk about that song a little bit I, I, I mean, as far as how it goes there are two things I have to say about it one is if anyone ever has to even have a second thought while Neil, why Neil Diamond is in the Rock Roll Hall of Fame all you have to do is listen to Holly Holy and, and, and just like you know, with Elvis's stuff, except you know, obviously was a writer, and Elvis wasn't, but uh, incorporated a little bit of gospel, a little, little bit of gospel into that one. And the, and the second, the second thing about that song is that I, I mean, I used to wear it out. You know, when, when my parents took me out to dinner as a little boy, I used to put the it was probably a dime. Right? I don't even remember what it was in the jukebox, and I would wear that song out. To this day, I have no idea what that song means. I, I have no clue what Holly Holy means, but I just know it's catchy and and um, it was one of my favorites. And it's one of my favorites to do in concert. And a lot of times, his concert version is a lot more exciting and energetic and better than the studio. And that goes for Brooklyn Rose too, by the way, Ken. Um, but Holly Holy is definitely a highlight. You know, of, of, of a Neil Diamond concert, you know, because he, he turns it into a big time rock song. So, okay, so I have to ask. <laughs> so, you've never like Googled like the meaning of the song or really tried to find out? I did. I've done many times. And there's one time when Neil explains it, and, and, and I don't even understand what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> And I think he, I, I don't think he did either. 
So, that's so, crazy because you know that's going to be my new project, right? And Kojak too, I bet. Kojak, do you uh, know what it means? You'll be able to, what Neil Diamond, you know, what Neil Diamond says, you know, on, on Howie Oli. And you tell me if you understand it makes any sense. Kojak, well, do you have any idea? Six, it was a number six song and it was on the album Touch You, Touch Me. And uh, back in 10, 13, and 69, it was the follow up to Sweet Caroline as well. That's right. Okay. How was seven? How was seven? Right. Right. Okay. All right. So you know we have to figure this out because I'm going to. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know if it's possible to figure it out. Listen. <laughs> well, we'll 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 try some. I mean, listen. It's just so funny to me. All right. Here we go. That's great. So, what would you like to tell everybody out there? If you could tell all your fans anything or say something inspirational, what would that be? If I were to tell them yes. inspirational? Yes. I mean, uh, I mean, as far about... Anything. If you, could, if you could give them some hope right now, through music, through whatever, what would you want to say to everybody uh, listening? I, 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 now I understand what you're saying. Yes. Uh, I, I, I mean, if, if I'm giving them hope to aspiring performers, because, you know, I've been, di- I've been performing in Vegas. You know, Vegas was, even though I'm from New York City... Uh, it wasn't until I got to Vegas. I knew what I wanted to be right away. There was no doubt about it. My parents supported me because they saw my passion. And, you know, they saw, but there's not, nothing we're going to ever be able to do to stop him. And we're just glad he has a passion. You know, he's not going on the street doing drugs. He has a he has a passion. He's so passionate about music. So we're not going to even, you know, try to talk him out of it and tell him to be a doctor or whatever. They, they never did that. Um, as far as all the... Even though I, I had my own band, I ultimately became a tribute act, but that wasn't until later. Um, so the thing is, anyone aspiring to be a performer, the one thing I will say is that if you are not, if, if it doesn't consume you, okay. and you're not 125% uh, passionate, where you're ready to put everything else to the side, and I mean everything else, if it's guys, put the girls to the side, if it's girls, put the guys, and, 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 and just buckle down and, you know, do what you have to do, practice, and whatever, whatever it entails, but if you're not ready to put everything else to the side and just focus on this, do not go into this business, yeah. because even if you do uh, take my advice, you still stand a chance of not making it. Wow. Great advice. You still have a chance on that making it. The, the ones that have made it, generally speaking, the ones that have made it, uh, I mean, work, work their butt off. You know, work their butt off. And, and they were sure that this is what they were going to do and they were going to do nothing else and they didn't care about anything else. And, and it, it, has, it, has, it has to totally consume you and... and you're going to have to want to do it that much. And then if you do, you might stand the chance. Maybe. Okay. Beautifully said. Kojak, would you like to talk about your little um, ETA guy? Yeah, well, actually, Elliot, Elliot in the room from Yonkers introduced me. I spoke with him on the phone, introduced me to Dion. And Dion is only eight years old but has a vast knowledge of Elvis 
Presley and his music and his whole career. So the intention is I'm supposed to meet in Yonkers, supposed to meet uh, Dion. We're going to supposed to be talking and I'm going to be doing a show on Dion and on Elvis in the future. So um, I know that Elliot said that he may be in the chat room to say hello to him. I don't see unless he's unless he's the guest that's uh, in the uh, chat room mm-hmm. now. I see a guest with no name, but um, so I'm just going to give a shout out to uh, to to Dion and uh, and we'll get together soon and talk about the uh, Elvis Presley uh, music and the future show that I'm going to be doing with him and. Uh, while, while I'm thinking now, could we speak, uh, could uh, Rob talk about um, Bobby Brooks Wilson now? Absolutely, a- baby. Let's do it. I love him. I just talked to him last week. Yes. I talked to him last night. Let's talk. <laughs> talk about him, baby. I was on the phone for two hours with him. First of all, Bob, Bobby, Bobby is one of my dearest, closest friends, and he's been that for 25 years. When I went, when I went to Hawaii... Um, I got sent to Hawaii uh, to uh, be in Legends in Concert uh, in 1995, and that's and my boss, our boss, me and Bobby's boss, were, was Paul Revere. If you guys know that name, not the guy from the American American Revolution, <laughs> the guy that had the Raiders, you know. And um, he was our boss because he was part owner, and he was also and, and and I met Bobby, and we hit it off, and and later after. I, we left Legends, both of us. He moved to Vegas and uh, been best friends ever since. Um, I, I'm also, during the pandemic, I took on the responsibilities of being the entertainment director of a very upscale Italian restaurant with a beautiful stage and lighting and stuff here in Vegas called Chianti. And Bobby's been there several times already. Uh, been a number of months since he's been there and um, come April 10th, it's the one-year anniversary for Chianti, and guess who, guess who the headliner is? Duh. The guy named Bobby Brooks Wilson. Yes. Woo! And so we were, last night we were talking, we were going over this show, uh, you know, as far as uh, what he's going to do, how we're going to present it, and I said, we, we are, because usually I'm the, you know, I'm basically the producer of the show. So, um, yeah, so that, that's, that's my buddy. My buddy right there. You have to go to YouTube, folks, because they're listening now. And if you've never seen Bobby Brooks Wilson, who's actually Jackie Wilson's son, you must go to YouTube and put Bobby Wilson, tribute artist, and his father, Jackie Wilson, and you will see he looks like him, he sings like him, and he moves like him. And he's such a sincere, down-to-earth guy, loving, loving person, it's just unbelievable. You know, I've interviewed him on all my networks, and he's going to be coming live to Jersey. He's going to come live into my studio in Hamilton in July, and I'm hoping all my friends are going to, my entertainer friends, including Kojak, Stevie, and Angel, are going to be able to come. And I cannot wait for that day. All right. I cannot wait for that day. We'll all be hugging. Yep, definitely. So, um... He's a great guy. He's a very talented man. And you know, Rob, if you're in town, baby, you are more than welcome. <laughs> Thank you. I'm usually, usually, I get there every every couple of years. I'm I, I'm I'm back there for some reason or another. Okay. So you never yeah. know. You never know. 
No, yeah. I have to go back. My uh, cousins and, uh, and and childhood friends there. All right. So, um, so you I, never no, know. I, I, and child, yeah, childhood friends that I grew up with as a kid, as a youngster is still there. So then we'll have yeah. to let you know the exact date, and you never know. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. right next to Bobby on the plane. Imagine. Um, yeah. Oh, and he's going to be staying in New York, and he says that. Um, He's going to be picking up a surprise for us, a female surprise for us who lives in New York. Okay. Um, he's going to pick up a surprise for us. Oh, a surprise? He's yes. going to pick up a surprise for you? Yeah, for an, a surprise entertainer for us. So can't oh, really... A surprise entertainer. Yes. Okay. Um, so now, Kojak, why don't you tell everyone when your show is? Let, we're, you know, we've got a few more minutes, guys. We're going to close with Sweet Caroline, but we're going to talk about it first, and we'll talk about anything else you guys want to talk about. Kojak, why don't you tell everyone what's happening with your next show? Okay. Yeah, thank you, Jerry. Well, I'm on Monday nights on Remember Then Radio, 8 o'clock to 11 o'clock, and I usually try to focus on a lead singer in a group, and I've had some really terrific uh, lead singers like Gary Puckett from the Union Gap I've had on, Dennis Stefano from the Buckinghams, uh, uh, Larry Chance from the Earls, of course, Jay Siegel from the Tokens, talk about Lincoln High School. Uh, and most recently, I've had uh, Terry Johnson from the Flamingos two weeks ago. This past week, I had Charlie Thomas from the Drifters, last surviving Drifter member. And this Monday, I'm having Lala Brooks from the Crystals. Woo! Well, she a, she's a firecracker. Wow. And just on. Unbelievable that I've been fortunate enough to talk to these people and play their music, and it's actually because of Jerry that I, I got to speak to Lala Brooks, and uh, that's that's. A, I mean, I'm on a high. I have to put a seatbelt on my <laughs> on my chair that I don't fall off the chair. Yeah, me too. You know? Me too. So it's it's a, called the Ken Kojak '60s Jukebox Review. It's every Monday night, eight to eleven p.m., and there is a chat room like there is now, and at the last hour, I try to take requests from people that want to hear certain songs. So I love doing that. Beautiful. So I thank you, Jerry, for that. Appreciate oh, beautiful. That. So um, what I want to do is have you talk about Sweet Caroline, both of you. Tell us, you know, uh, Ken will give us the facts on the dates and all that kind of stuff. Tell us about Sweet Caroline, and then um, we'll all say some closing words, and then we'll play it. All right. I'm, I'm sure we're both going to say it. A lot of the same stuff, I mean, I, because obviously I, I know the whole origin of Sweet Caroline, and, okay, and and what, and what went along with that. But can you can interject anytime you want. You want to? Uh, Neil Diamond, Neil Diamond re- wrote that, recorded that song in American Sound Studios in, in uh, Memphis, Tennessee, in 1969. The truth of the story is that uh, he was one one song short on his album. Uh, he needed one more song to go. You need one more song. You know, and I, and all right, you know, okay. And he went back to this hotel in the store. According to him, he wrote it like in 30 minutes. And there's been, he's changed his story. I'm, I'm telling you, throughout the years, Neil Diamond has changed his story about what inspired him to uh, to write the song. So if, if we listen to both stories, or all three of them, whatever, uh, what, what it comes down to is that he, he needed a name with three syllables. Yeah, he was supposed to write it for his then wife, 
Marsha, but it, it didn't work because you know, sweet Marsha, that doesn't work. And that's exactly what he said, you know. And um, and he needed a three-syllable name, and either at that particular time he saw it was either a mag. One story would it be a magazine, another story would be the TV or whatever. He saw a picture of Caroline Kennedy and the song's not about Caroline Kennedy but the name got inspired because he saw something with Caroline Kennedy and he said that's the name that fits in sweet Caroline that, you know, three syllables there you go I got a song Write, writes it in a half an hour uh, 1969 I think that it got to what it got to four right Ken yes Okay. Yes, it's a four, and it was also arranged by New Jersey's Charlie Colello. A, a household name. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Charlie Colello arranged 101 top hits in Billboard charts. Charlie Colello, a, a lot of them, a lot of his hits that Charlie did, it's a name that people don't really know about, but Charlie Colello produced and arranged uh, many of the Four Seasons hits. But you got to Google Charlie Colello and see all the hits that he uh, arranged and produced. I will, because that's, I, I, I'm not familiar with the name, but I believe that's great. Wow. Uh, and the thing is with Sweet Caroline, when Neil Diamond wrote that, and it also, it also was number one on the adult contemporary. Right. Uh, but um, he had no, the man had no clue zero that in 2021 and 2020 during the pandemic and even before that was going to become the most sung along song mm -hmm. in the world all right in the universe like there is not one song out right now that that you go into a karaoke bar that right. everybody wants to sing along to right and, you know, you know, even if you don't want to, you're kind of forced. Yes. So good, so good, so good. So good. That's so good in that audience participation history. Little little kid did, did, did not start out with Neil Diamond concert. He wasn't even aware of the of the participation parts. It started out in Fenway Park uh, in Boston, that, and that the rubber was in charge of the lady of picking the song. She picked it. The history of that of everyone singing, repeating "So Good, So Good" and "Bam, Bam, Bam," it all came out of Fenway Park, and now it's rolled over to other sports arenas and every bar. And 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 the, and the good news is that it that it's a happy song, and it's a, and it unifies people. You know, they they all sing it together and they unify, it and they're all happy when they're singing it. And and again, the man had no clue it was going to become what it became today. Wow. Kojak, what do you have to say, baby? I know you're itching to say something. Well, all, all I have to say is that we're blessed to, to talk with Rob. Yes. He has a huge, huge history being in, in, in Vegas, and we have to uh, pray and hope that Vegas opens up so that uh, we can go down there and, and see him perform. Cause people in the chat room want to know his, his schedule you know, and uh, where is he going to be? And you know, he, he need to be back in the big in the big rooms, and uh, just to see all the entertainment that Las Vegas has to offer is just unbelievable. From all the uh, 
themes of all the hotels uh, just it's just amazing uh you, you know you, you can go to every day you can go to a different uh, different show and and i happened to the last time uh i was only there once believe it or not and i i saw terry fader who's just oh, unbelievable yeah. terry right. fader yeah. incredible you know, he, he's a local las vegas boy who did good he, he, didn't, he didn't even see that career coming up either. Oh, a million dollar contract. Amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. He did. Uh, he's done really well for himself. And again, he's he's from here. He's from here. It wasn't he wasn't someone that came into town and just said, you know, uh, uh, he, he he's from Las Vegas. He's done high school here, and and he's he's a great entertainer. By the way, as we speak, Vegas is opening. Um, we it was packed. Uh, last weekend for uh, oh. spring, and it's still packed for spring break. But do you um, have any dates? Someone is is asking. Um, Gil is actually asking. He's in the chat room. He's our guest. Gil Tay, I love him. Do you have any dates on the website? He doesn't see any dates. I don't because because the, the showrooms I work in, okay, uh, the bigger ones are not open yet. Okay, uh, and if I would take an educated guest. And they're not giving dates out yet either. Okay. Um, because they're waiting to see when they're allowed to be. We're at 50%, but the showrooms are not going to, the big ones are not going to go to 50% because uh, they don't, they're don't. they not going to make their money back on 50%. Okay. So, but I, I'm guessing by late summer, early spring, we should be okay. I'm sorry, if you go to Rob, Rob Garrett in Facebook, and if you're going to be in, in the Vegas area, you'll definitely see some site, some dates in, in your Facebook, right? Okay. Well, yeah. Well, the thing is, I want to say this. I've been, I, I've been more fortunate than most entertainers uh, in Vegas because I did become the entertainment director of, of, of this one venue, this restaurant, nightclub. I turned it into a dinner club because it had such a beautiful stage that I actually, um, all my own, turned it into a dinner club. And um, so, some of the headliners, like Bob, like I just told you, Bob is going to play there next week. And um, and I'm going to be playing there on Memorial Day weekend, the Friday and Saturday. So because of that venue, I've been able to play intermittently at this place. And and, and I will be back Memorial Day weekend. Uh, if I, I don't, the, the Friday and Saturday of Memorial Day, week, Memorial Day weekend, I'll be back playing okay. at Chianti. And what's, the capacity? what's the capacity? Right, right, right now, the fifty percent would be about ninety. Okay, okay. It, would be, it would be about but I, but I'll do multiple days. I'll do two days. Okay. Mm. So, which which would make ninety one eighty? Okay. Mm. So, guys, we're coming to the part of the show now where I'm going to say my thank yous to everyone. Um, first and foremost, to all our listeners. Are you kidding me? Like, you know, I always say, and I laugh at this, if you guys weren't listening to me, I'd be talking to myself. <laughs> so uh, that, could be, that could be a good thing. Okay, listen, right? Okay. <laughs> so um, I want to say thank you to everyone out there listening. I want to say thank you to everyone in the chat room. And I want to say thank you again to RTR Platform. And Kojak, what can I say, baby? Who loves you? Who I love loves you, baby. I love you. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for another incredible guest you've given me and another great show and being a really cool guest co-host. I love it. Um, Thank you. Thank you. 
Well, I urge everybody, I urge, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I urge everybody, please, go to YouTube, put in Rob Garrett, and you will see him perform like uh, unbelievable. That's all I can say. Just go in, put on your computer, put on your speakers, and just put in Rob Garrett, uh, Neil Diamond, tribute artist, and you'll, you'll get entertained. Please do that. Yes, Rob, you will. Put a Rob Garrett, Neil Diamond, that's it. That'll yep. do it. And, and I, pretty much, you'll pretty much be able to watch my entire show there. Yep, and you I, know, I, 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 I did owe that. Pay for it. Yep, I did owe that. Incredible. So, Rob. Shekels. I'll send him, I'll send Rob the shekels. Let's put the shekels. See, I know I know what that means. So, Rob, I want to say thank you to you for honoring me with this incredible show, interview. Um, you rock, you're incredible, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart, you entertained everyone today, and for that, a huge, huge uh, virtual hug, and thank you. I can't wait to meet you and and give you a non-virtual hug. That's right, because I love Uh, hugs, I love hugs. Me too. Yes, that's right, baby, don't get jealous, (laughs) Kojak. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so guys, what we're going to do is... Where's began I can't begin to know him But then I know it's growing strong Was in the spring And spring became the summer Who'd have believed it come along Touching hands Reaching out Touching me Touching you Time never seems so good 